Hi, and welcome to my podcast. I'm your host, Jason, and you found a fun and secret time capsule from my baby son. Each episode, I sit down and chat with a special guest about friendships, pop culture, parenting, and whatever strikes my fancy. Really, the end goal is to make sure that when my son does eventually discover this, he's thoroughly embarrassed. In the meantime, I'm not quite sure where each episode or where the show is going, but getting there should be half the fun. Uh, I'm your host, Jason, and happy May the 4th to all my loyal listeners. Uh, That would be about eight of you, maybe ten. I am excited to talk all things Star Wars today with a super special guest, uh, my friend Jen. Jen, hello. Hi, Jason. Happy May the 4th. Happy May the 4th to you as well. So for those of you who don't know Jen, uh, Jen and I used to travel quite a bit together, and uh, so... uh, through our previous work, and uh, we had a lot of time to chat about a lot of things while we were on the buses or on planes, and definitely we talked a lot about Star Wars. For sure. So um, I thought, what better guests to bring on to honor May the 4th uh, than you? How are you doing today? I'm great. I'm good. Really excited that uh, it's National Star Wars Day, and looking forward to bringing out all of my favorite Star Wars props and costumes to an embarrass my my partner friends staff former staff colleagues <laughs> so we are uh spoiler alert we are recording this uh for the future uh, so it is not may the 4th now but what kind of things are you planning on doing uh to do can you go into more detail what kind of uh props or things are going to are you going to do to honor may the 4th so a great colleague and friend of ours once gifted me a lightsaber that is pretty realistic that I have kept in my office um, since I've received it as as a gift. And so it's become a tradition among my team, which I have to say will eventually be my former team since I'm leaving my position at George Mason University. Um, but it has become a tradition for us to get together and take a photograph with a lightsaber every May the 4th. So while I'm no longer in that role full time, I do plan to return to the office on May the 4th so we can take our final photo together with the lightsaber and celebrate. I also have a BB-8 dress that I plan to bring out since I will not be at the office in a professional capacity. I can wear it. Um, so yeah, I have some really exciting plans. That is awesome. Yeah, I um, what am I planning on doing? Uh, I do have a Star Wars tie, so I think I'll wear the less subtle one on Friday, May the fourth. I uh, still work and still am in business attire, but it is the one with a blueprint of um, the Millennium Falcon on it. So it is subtle and it looks technical. Um, but if you look, you know, for more than thirty seconds, you'll realize that it's a, a super Star Wars tie. So I will wear that for sure. Um. In general, my, my pajamas are Star Wars themed, so uh, that is a usual baseline uh, for Star Wars for me. And then um, I might go rewatch one of the films. One of the fun things that uh, I remember that you and I have done um, in our friendship and also just in lots of downtime uh, traveling together is we rewatched all the Star Wars documentaries, which was really cool. I de- definitely want to talk about that. The filmumentaries. Do you remember that? Yes, where they went through movie by movie, scene by scene, explaining how they were made. 
Yeah, and splicing in like archival footage mm -hmm. or lost footage and things like that. Um, so definitely, I'm going to post a link to that on this description. Uh, it is freely available on uh, uh, Vimeo.com. So that was a lot of fun, uh, too. So just in terms of that. So I want to, particularly as I am a new dad, um, one of the things I reflected on and uh, would love to chat about during our podcast, May the Fourth Time Together, um, is just about kind of how folks get into Star Wars, how people get excited about things, um, orders of films and ranking them like any proper nerd should be doing. Um, I would love to hear how we have actually never discussed how you became such a huge fan of Star Wars. Okay, yeah, I um, I don't really, I'm, I'm a little embarrassed to say, I don't remember the very first time I watched Star Wars, but I do know that my dad brought home the VHS tapes from the local video rental place when I was probably about six years old. I was five, six years old, definitely in around the first grade, um, and I would watch A New Hope and Empire Strikes Back over and over and over again. I would wake up early before school and watch the films before I would start the day. I would end the day with Star Wars. Mm -hmm. It was definitely an obsession. And I had a lot of questions about the characters, about space in general. I truly believed that it was real and that there was another universe out there happening that was really exciting and I was totally missing out on it. Um, I was fortunate enough to go see Return of the Jedi in the theater Unfortunately, I was so young that Jabba the Hutt was quite scary and I oh, had no. to leave and my father didn't get to see the rest of the movie. Oh no. Um, but I I loved Luke Skywalker, I loved Darth Vader, I loved the story, I loved the world that it created um, to the point where I got in trouble by my first grade teacher for interrupting class too often and asking hypothetical questions about the Star Wars universe and being disruptive. <laughs> I, just, is, yeah. I just couldn't control myself. I just remember I couldn't stop thinking about it, and I wanted to be in that world so badly. Um, as, as we can probably gather from the conversation and my obsession, I was quite the little nerd, um, and with that came the look as well. I have terrible vision, and I have a very strong glasses prescription. So it was to the point where at night when I took my glasses off and put them by the side of my bed, I would include a letter um, to whatever alien might come and try to abduct me to make sure that they took my glasses with them so that I could see their world. That was <laughs> how much I loved Star Wars and loved the idea of there being other people out there in this other world happening out there in space. Now, um, so after the Star Wars trilogy came out, there was kind of this fallow period, right? So things weren't released for a long time. Do you feel like your Star Wars, like, has it always been of that love and then it grew? Or do you feel, how do you feel in response to this sudden recent explosion of all things Star Wars? I, you know, I feel a little bitter about that, actually, because if these Star Wars things and even Star Trek and all of this stuff that is popular now and being a nerd now seems like it's kind of trendy and cool. If this was popular... I don't know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I would have been the coolest person in middle school and high school. So there, there's a little bit of bitterness to that, Jason, actually, that, you know, now this is all coming back and it's becoming super hip and popular clothing lines and, and 
are, are picking up Star Wars where I would wear a Star Wars teacher t-shirt and people would like ask me to leave their lunch table um, <laughs> you know back in the seventh grade and now like the kid that has on the Star Wars short shirt is like super hip and cool um, so yeah there's a little there's a little bitterness there I think there should be but at the same time you know um, I guess yeah man it's not even like cool nerdy to like Star Wars it's just something that everyone loves like when you chat with your nephew like it's just a thing like it's not this mm -hmm. cool niche thing right right yeah it's just everybody knows star wars they play star wars they have legos that are star wars i mean i played with the original toys in the bathtub and lining them up along you know luke skywalker and darth vader also played with strawberry shortcake and my cabbage patch dolls um you know they were all one big group of friends when i was a kid and then there was that period kind of after I mean, spoiler alert, I'm going to be 40, 19, 1978 is my birthday. So um, I, I had all of uh, the, these 80s toys. And then once I got to middle school, Star Wars just kind of like disappeared. And then it came back. And for my nephew and for kids now, it's just part of their regular collection of toys. They don't even think about like they have their Star Wars Legos, they have their Harry Potter Legos, they have all of these things and it just exists there. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, kind of tracing back my own love of Star Wars. Um, so I'm a, a smidge younger than you. Um, but my mother tells me that uh, they certainly brought me to the movie theaters for Return of the Jedi, because they didn't want to pay for a babysitter. So I've seen <laughs> Return of the Jedi in theaters, but I certainly don't remember it. Um, but definitely we had the VHS I don't think we actually had the straight up. Did we have the VHS? The thing that I remember watching before, because back then it was fairly expensive to buy those tapes. Um, we had some documentary like filming Empire from Empire to whatever. So I have like <laughs> this image of like, I know very well how they filmed a lot of Star Wars because that's the only thing I had available to me. And then I also watched a lot of like the Ewoks star, the TV specials. Um, if you remember those, but the battle for mm -hmm. Endor and the return, return to Endor. Um, so I watched that because I think we taped it off of HBO, but the actual trilogy, I didn't really get into until I was a little bit later. I think my neighborhood friend, um, owned them. So we definitely watched them a lot there. So my love of Star Wars, not as strong. My family was definitely much more into Star Trek, um, which is definitely a future podcast episode, but definitely still have a strong love of Star Wars. Mm -hmm. so, you know, I think I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll also add and say that growing up as a Star Wars fan, it was also a little odd because definitely, you know, back in the, the early and mid eighties, there was a clear gender divide in toys. And there were definitely toys for little girls and toys for little boys. And there weren't many girls that were into sci-fi and Star Wars and space. It was very unusual to have Luke Skywalker and your Ewoks and Princess Leia hanging out among your Barbies um, or being able to share that like that love for Star Wars with, with the boys on the playground and not you know running around and, and playing with the girls. So that also kind of was another area that, that made me a little ostracized by my by my peers not only was i a nerd but i was nerdy and uncool and into things that boys liked well yeah i can imagine that being extra isolating in terms of kind of fandom i'm i'm so glad that nowadays um <laughs> that there are so much more spaces carved out for nerds of color for for female nerds uh, i guess marketers finally getting it 
realizing what an untapped market folks like you are in terms of selling mm -hmm. you stuff. Um, and also just uh, well, something that I loved about the most recent um, newer trilogy, so that would be seven, eight, and nine, is just how many people of color and women are like main stage in it, right? So, I mean, you talked mm -hmm. a lot about Luke Skywalker and Darth Vader, like being these these characters you you played with or, or looked up to. Um, and then suddenly, but like, no, there were no like women besides Princess Leia, right? Um, mm -hmm. and, and she was a princess, of course, but a badass princess, but still a princess. But now like with this new Star Wars trilogy, like, you know, it's, it's General Organa. So, you know, Carrie Fisher is this awesome character now. Um, you've got Rose, you've got um, Ray, you've got all these really cool characters um, for folks that look like not a white dude. And I'm, it's, it's really exciting to me. Mm -hmm. So, I so yeah, so n it's not as exclusive anymore, but I'm glad that it's much more inclusive for people uh, that are not white men. Mm -hmm. All right, so brass tacks, one thing I asked you to do was, so one thing that's definitely uh, Star Wars, if you're not familiar with it, uh, you've probably already turned off this podcast, um, but it is does not air cr chronologically in terms of uh, the episodes kind of jump around. Um, so we're going to be talking a little bit about there's this debate. I'm sure there's lots of internet articles about it, but I wanted to discuss with you what is the best order to introduce folks to Star the Star Wars films. We're going to limit our discussion to anything that was released in movie theaters. Um, so we're not going to talk about the Ewok specials. We're not going to talk about the very excellent animated um, things. We're not talking about the holiday special. Um, so I wanted to limit our, our discussion to the films uh, as much as possible. I'm not talking about special editions either. So for folks that don't remember, um, George Lucas tinkered with the films quite a bit. I would encourage you to seek out the despecialized versions uh, on the internet, which are about as true to the, what aired in movie theaters back in the 70s and 80s as possible. It was quite a riot. Um, Jen, I think I shared those with you or sent, sent those to you. Yes, you did. I still have them. Terrific. That's good. I have to dig up my copies. Um, but uh, yeah, so let's let's chat it up. Have did you now for folks? Did your did your partner know about Star Wars, or was that something that you really had to do a deep dive with with him for? Nope. He totally he's seen it a number of times oh and knows yeah. all about it. And not the super crazy fan that I am, but has seen at least he's seen every episode at least once. That's terrific. Okay, but I'm sure you've had a lot of thoughts for what order to introduce for your nephew, perhaps, or um, yes. certainly I'm thinking a lot about what it, how to introduce it to, to my son, too. So what's the best way when we think both, when is it age appropriate to see Star Wars is probably my first question. I, I would say probably five, six years old. I was thinking about that, too. They're, they're kind of violent, but not ultra violent. But at the same time, that's, there's a lot of happening, right? There's there's monsters, there's things. It's pretty fast paced for like a really small child. So I was thinking five, six. My nephew is he turned five in November. He'll be he's he's about to turn six soon, um, and he's just started. What he's played with the toys and he knows all the characters from books and mostly from the Legos. Mm -hmm. And my brother-in-law just introduced uh, the movies to him, actually. Episode four, A New Hope, the original Star Wars was the first one that he showed him. And then they've moved on to Empire Strikes Back. And he knows all the characters and he kind of gets it. He asks a lot of questions as they go through, like, why did they do this? And why did they do that? 
But I think, you know, I think he's getting it and he's, he's loving it. And he thinks about it when it's not on TV. <laughs> as, as still everyone. asking lots of questions. That's good because there, I think, that's the, the, the beauty, I think, of the original trilogy was there, a lot of, there were a lot of unanswered questions that, mm -hmm. uh, spoiler alert, uh, the prequels definitely answered to no one's satisfaction. Um, so let's jump, jump right in then. So uh, looks like your brother-in-law is tackling it chronologically in terms of, I'm oh, sorry, of movie release date. Mm -hmm. So how would you... How would you want to, what would be your viewing order for someone that's new? I think I, I think I support his decision in how he's introducing the Star Wars franchise to my nephew and that he's starting with the original trilogy, um, going, you know, A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. And he claims that he's actually not going to show um, Lucas the prequels because he doesn't think they're good movies but if lucas wants to watch them on his own he can um so to clarify lucas is your nephew not lucas george is my lucas. nephew yeah <laughs> lucas is my nephew not george lucas <laughs> <laughs> um that's interesting okay so i have on my list i've uh i have written down my viewing order mine was four right because it's a great introduction but mm -hmm. It's designed as a great introduction to the show, right? It jumps right in. It's fairly fast-paced, which is great. It's not super complicated. Um, so I feel like it's a great introduction both for people that might be skeptical about this whole Star Wars concept or for uh, us, a younger person. Mm -hmm. So five, The Empire Strikes Back, is a little bit more violent and darker. Um, so I feel like it is like the next logical continuation of the story. So definitely five and six, I feel like are, are good segues into that. I do remember enjoying six a lot more as a younger child, just because there were Ewoks in it, um, which I, I enjoyed at the time and, um, and things like that. And I feel like it was a little less scary than five and that, mm -hmm. you know, he, he cuts open a Tauntaun in five and crawls inside. Um, your thoughts about age appropriateness for five and six? I, I, I'd agree. I'd say six five six years old i think they're age appropriate the ewoks are cute you know even some of the things that you see in in empire strikes back it can be a, a little scary but i think it's th those are the sort of things that are on the borderline scary for like a six-year-old they're not done to be maliciously violent or, or oh, you've, like you've, that gotcha i'm sorry you cut out just briefly um i'm sorry uh, my phone rang no, no worries. Uh, yeah. At the same time, like five, you know, it, it ends on a down note where you don't know what's happening. Sorry, spoiler alert for this entire series. Uh, it ends on a, on a, on a down note where um, Han Solo is in, encased in carbonite and it's like, it's a movie without a happy ending. Um, and I feel like for a young child, that might be super upsetting in terms of the stories that we tell them or in terms of like moralistic outcomes uh, might be, might be upsetting. Maybe, but I mean, you know what? Not everything always has a happy ending, and that's probably a lesson never too early to learn. Um, and I think the benefit that we have is that Return of the Jedi exists, and you can immediately pop it into the, you know, pop in the DVD, put it on, put it on, and they'll see that there actually was a happy ending. So <laughs> awesome. Okay. Um, next up, let's. So I had four, five, six. Um, so I, I decided to pretend that one and two, that's Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones, don't exist. Um, 
I, I thought hard about this. I know one is not, I feel like it's hard because one is designed towards children, is aimed towards children. Um, so I feel like, oh, well, maybe my son or younger folks would enjoy that. But at the same time, it's also not a good movie and full of weird racial stereotypes that I don't want to promote. Okay. I I think just to, I would probably introduce one, two, and three just so that the person viewing them had the full, like, had the full view of, of the entire group of movies and, and what was seen and, and let them kind of form form an opinion from themselves. My hope would be with whoever I'm connecting with would see the value and how glorious um, the original trilogy was and how bad the prequels are um, without me having to influence their decision by not showing them the movie. Um, but, you know, I, I also come at that from a perspective. I have um, a brother who is about 18 years younger than I am. And so he was born right around the time when the prequels were, or he was a little boy right when the prequels were coming out. Um, so right, he was right at the target demographic, right? Target demographic. And he loved Phantom Menace. And mm. he also loves the original trilogy. Like, But Phantom Menace was the first movie that he saw. Um, and I think it had a little boy in it. And it kind of, for him, brought about the same sort of like, space fantasy idea that the original um star wars movie did for me um and it, it i think it's just a different perspective too on kids kids nowadays are used to really high-tech movies and star wars seems really old and then the prequels are they have the the, the technology and and the way that they're they're filmed appeal to a younger audience in a way that I don't necessarily know if we can appreciate them as much. Um, so for those reasons, I feel like I would I would show them to a younger viewer, even though I don't particularly care for them. And, and I'd be interested to see what their opinion is. Yeah, and here's the thing. So like there, there's a couple of things. Um, so one introduces the concept of like midichlorians, which I, well, I'm glad we politely ignore that um, for seven and eight. Um, and then... It also introduces both like the um, the Trade Federation, which are these weird Asian stereotypes. Not just not just I mean, which you might give a pass in like in the seventies, um, but like in nineteen ninety nine when this came out, um, <laughs> I feel like we could do better. <laughs> and then <laughs> same thing with Jar Jar Binks, this weird Rastafarian Jamaican stereotype of a of of a of a, a character which he, he then like mm -hmm. subsequently dropped in the future episode in future in future movies um and then so what is your opinion about two then because two i don't think is a good film full stop no i i really dislike two i've actually the only time i ever saw it was in the theater and i disliked it so much i've never watched it again when it's on tv i turn it off which i generally don't do for any of the other um, Star Wars movies, I might even keep Phantom Menace on in the background as much as I dislike Jar Jar um, and the movie in general. I still would just be like, oh, something Star Wars is on. Let me keep that on TV. Um, but Attack of the Clones, I would go out of my way not to watch again. <laughs> I have. I've never seen it. I mean, I've, I've probably, I can't even, I don't even think, I don't even know how many times I've seen um, the original tr trilogy, but um, yeah, I've 
I think Attack of the Clones is a terrible movie. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember seeing one number one in the theaters? Yes, I saw. I think I saw number one in the theaters twice. I'm pretty sure I did too. I saw it opening day. Um, I was with um, uh, two or three friends, and then I brought my girlfriend at the time, uh, and we watched it at the local mall. And I remember just seeing like episode one appear and uh, like flipping out a little bit. And I think I enjoyed it at the time. Like it was, your head starts, like you tilt your head sideways, like, oh, that's a little weird choices. But I think mm-hmm. that just the the fact that you were seeing a new Star Wars since since I was born, it was really exciting and certainly do not want to sh- uh, short sell. Uh, just the ending sequence fight with Darth Maul was, was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So definitely finished strong as a film for sure. Yeah, I think it was that I definitely agree with the excitement on the fact that it was something new and it was it was Star Wars and something new. That's what really, I think, brought me to the theater a second time. I, I kind of like the pod racing part, too. That was kind of it was kind of cute. It's kind of fun. But oh, it's, it's really it's really long. <laughs> <laughs> that race is like 20 minutes, 20 minutes long. Yeah, yeah. Um, which I keenly felt. I think the second time I saw it was at Cinerama, which is an old school giant uh, theater in Seattle. Um, but unfortunately, I could only get midnight tickets, so I definitely fell asleep during the pod races. <laughs> <laughs> wow, wow. Um, okay, so you would still so back to our topic. So you would do four, five, six. Uh, then you would show you would still show one, t- one, two, and three, or would you skip two? I would still show two. Okay. I mean, like, I don't like it, but I still think it's it's just part of the story. It's there. If I want someone to really kind of see all of the movies and experience them, I, I would I would show it show it to them and let them form their own opinion. And my hope is that they would share my dislike for it and recognize what a terrible film it is. I think I would skip two uh, or, and one and two. I would go four, five, six, three. And I feel like you can just watch Revenge of the Sith context-free without having seen one and two. Just implied that Anakin fell in love with Padme, Padme that uh, you know we already know about the Senator, Emperor Palpatine, and things like that. So I just feel like three just shows this very important, his descent to the dark side. And that's really only the context that we need i think to really that flavors the rest of the story in my opinion mm-hmm. i can see that mm-hmm. all right i mean I, I understand like like where you're coming from i just kind of don't want to eliminate part of the movies that exist no I, and i totally understand and i mean wes will see them all but in terms mm-hmm. of like here's here's like our month-long project we're gonna or i guess maybe we do one a week i think we do one a week Maybe one every two weeks. Maybe we really savor it. Anyways. Um, Maybe when he wants to be defiant, he'll be like, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to watch Phantom Menace. That'll really take <laughs> down. Yeah, no. We're going to pretend, maybe we'll pretend they don't exist. And then when he goes over to a friend's house for a sleepover later, his mind will be blown. And then he'll be initially <laughs> really upset that I pretended these didn't exist. And then he'll watch them and then realize why. <laughs> I'll be like, oh, dad was trying to protect me from this terrible cinema <laughs> just like the holiday special. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Um, which everyone should find on YouTube. I still have not seen all of it because it's super boring. All right. So we've covered, we're definitely in agreement four, five, six. You're doing a one, two, three. I'm just showing three. What mm-hmm. do you show next? Force Awakens. 
Interesting. Okay. So you do Force Awakens, which is kind of the J.J. Abrams uh, revival of the series. Not a reboot, but definitely a lot of strong callbacks. Uh, I listed Rogue One first before that. I thought thought it's a nice bridge in terms of like, well, I guess for me, it makes sense. So you do four, five, six, three shows, the or even one, two, and then three Revenge of the Jedi shows the Revenge of the Sith shows the the rise of of the dark side, and I feel like Rogue One is a nice bridge into the new series in terms of it's kind of dark, but a little bit hopeful. So it gives you context both in terms of how the original trilogy and the prequels fit together. Mm-hmm. That was my thought. Why why were why do you want to show? What are your thoughts in terms of showing Force Awakens right away? I think it's just kind of the the continuum of the the same characters and how it just jumps back into the story. Um, actually, I guess I didn't really put much thought into when I would introduce Rogue One. That's kind of the the harder harder one. Yeah. You, if you go if you go by the plot chronology or or just film release date, but Rogue mm-hmm. One is kind of a wild card where you can kind of insert it in different places. And in, in, insert in different places. I would probably um, probably just kind of put it at the end after. The Last Jedi. Gotcha. Kind of like a little little side snippet of what happened. Um, but I would probably keep the the story going with the, the same characters. Gotcha. All right. So then we're probably in agreement then seven, then eight, because they are logically they flow together story wise. <laughs> um, awesome. Do you know you and I have already uh, chatted about um, uh, The Last Jedi, but for folks, what what were your feelings on um, on the most recent movie, The Last Jedi? I I loved it. I thought it was a great, entertaining movie. I mean, I know there were some parts that other Star Wars lovers didn't really care for, um, particularly the whole casino scene, um, thought that there were extra characters that didn't really belong, but I thought that Every character added something to the film. Um, I would say the only part that I really didn't care for um, was uh, Princess Leia's return from deep space freeze using the Force. Um, That just seemed a little off the wall, and nowhere in the entire story has she ever really shown a a really strong connection to the force. And then all of a sudden she's able to reemerge from deep space freeze and be just fine. Um, That was the only part that I just thought was a little off, but otherwise I thought it was a great movie. Yeah. I also thought it was a great movie. I, um, and I think I chatted with you and and certainly about my, to my partner about this was initially I was kind of upset about the film in terms of where it was going. Like there was this, you know, the previous one in Force Awakens, this big buildup about, oh, who who are Ray's parents? And having rewatched The Force Awakens, there's this huge buildup like, oh, this lightsaber speaking to her. Like, who's, who is Snoke, this mysterious figure? Who are Ray's parents? How does she have this Force powers? And then, then to have eight. And so to have that buildup for like a couple of years and then to immediately have The Last Jedi say, well, it doesn't really matter who her parents are or... Um, Mm-hmm. Snoke, is, Snoke is not important to this story. Um, initially got me upset, but then I realized that that um, I think some other websites, I'm paraphrasing other websites, as a nerd or as a fan, it's 
not what I wanted, but in terms of storytelling, it was a great answer uh, in terms mm -hmm. of something fresh, in terms of the new faces and really opening up the Star Wars universe for all these new stories they're going to cram into it. Mm -hmm. So, man. So, uh, yeah. What? Uh, so I know about your lifelong or your childhood obsession with Star Wars. Why do you feel like you, what does Star Wars mean to you now? Like, are you still a big fan or, or, yeah, what does Star Wars mean to you now? I think it's just something that still brings back that, that I still feel that same level of excitement as I did when I was a child, when I see something Star Wars or, or have an opportunity to talk about it or hearing those credits, like that initial, that music in the, in the theater and the, the story starts to scroll up during the opening credits. I mean, that's still is just as exciting as it was when I was, you know, in first grade and I put in the VHS tape before school started. Um, there's just something about that that has that kind of like childhood happiness that there's few things in life as an adult that kind of bring back um, that kind of excitement. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I agree too in terms of uh, the strong link to nostalgia I feel is really great and really connecting know some of my childhood nerdiness with uh passing being able to pass that along to my son should he choose to embrace it i think is really exciting and then like i mentioned before just um seeing a much more inclusive story in terms of of, of women and people of color and people that look like my son um i'm, I'm really excited mm -hmm. about and i'm excited to see where it goes i guess until i get really tired of it <laughs> mm -hmm. me too and i think you know i was really I was one of those fans that was really disappointed when Disney bought the franchise and I was really nervous about the films becoming a little too, I don't know, for lack of a better word, hokey and like family friendly and not as, you know, not the same level of like nerdy sci-fi-ness as the original original trilogy. Um, although I, I say that, but it probably can't get any more um, <clears throat> hokey and family friendly than Phantom Menace and Attack of the Clones in certain parts. Um, but um, I, I was a little nervous about, you know, it going too far down the Disney hole, but I think uh, they've done a pretty decent job actually with the, the new films. Yeah, no, I agree too. And I feel like, I guess my fear, particularly after Marvel was bought out by Disney in this whole Marvel universe where everything fits together and the movies kind of all blend together and they don't tell like really self-contained stories. Mm -hmm. They all just kind of serve this big build up. Um, uh, I was worried that Dis Disney would do the same thing with Star Wars where you would just release all these things and it, you would have to wade through and watch five hours of films to get the to get what's going on in the next film. And But mm -hmm. I really appreciated that you know, they've handed things off to directors and writers with really strong visions and exploring these different nooks and crannies. I'm, I'm not super wild about this. This brings me to my last point. I'm not super wild about this Han Solo film. Uh, what are your thoughts? I, I mean, I'll still watch it and I'm still interested to see what it, what it is, but I, I have to agree that I, I'm, I'm not super excited about it because my concern is that what's going to happen is that there's going to be a side movie and a side story and, and that eventually they're going to overdo star Wars and people are going to get sick of it. And part of what was so exciting about the prequels and the, you know, episode 
seven, eight coming out is that we didn't see a lot of Star Wars. It was exciting when there was something new. And now with a Star Wars movie coming out once a year for the past couple of years, um, it's going to... I don't want that excitement to, to wear out. Like if there's there's a new movie for every single character and a side story and there's always something going on. I mean, part of the excitement when I was a kid about something Star Wars is that it wasn't all over the place all the time. It was really exciting to go into a store when I was 13, 14 years old and see a Star Wars t-shirt or see an old toy. Um, but now if Star Wars, if there's a movie every year to a year, that that's going to wear out. I agree. And I just feel like, do we really need to be filling in the margins of like Star Wars this much? Like, do you, I mean, fine, you're going to have a Han Solo film. Like, do we need like a Boba Fett film? Do we need like a a prequel film that dives into like, like show me something kind of fresh and exciting, like, which is, I feel like for this new trilogy that they've announced with uh, Ryan Johnson is, is what's going to happen. So I'm excited about these new stories and, and being surprised. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really excited to see where things go. It's a big, it's a big universe. There's a lot of stories they can tell. Mm-hmm. So that kind of wraps up that. Um, uh, so as this comes to a close, do you have any Star Wars related questions for me or just questions in general? I guess my question would be, what is your, who is your all time favorite Star Wars character? Like when you were a young Jason, who did you imagine yourself being in the Star Wars universe? Or if you were playing in your yard with your lightsaber? Uh, Probably, probably Luke Skywalker as someone who grew up in a smaller town, you know, where not a lot was happening. That was also kind of dry and deserty. I think there was a strong affinity there in terms of like, like many folks, I'm sure of escaping kind of your smaller living experience in life so that was really exciting um i i think i played a lot of the video games as a younger child too so back then there were like really cool flight simulators and things like that and um, where you could fly in a tie fighter or um, an x-wing or an a-wing or um, the alphabet soup of of uh star wars fighters so probably like wedge and tillies and, and and people like that i was like oh well now i'm part of rogue squadron and we're doing this so definitely i still have a strong connection to um to the fighter pilots so certainly really sad when um all the pilots died in the last film mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah um how about you you just a lot of luke a lot of darth vader um, I would say similar to you for, for similar reasons, probably Luke. Like I was really waiting for that, you know, droid to land in my yard and bring that message that would take me out of my, my small town in Connecticut and get me up to fighting for the universe and, and defending the Republic. It's awesome. Um, okay. So wrap up question for you. Anything fun? I know you, a lot has been going on um, in your life, uh, but any fun uh, films or movies or popular culture that you're consuming that you want to promote on this podcast? Um, you know what? Not right now in my life because I would be embarrassed to mention after talking about my love for Star Wars, what some of the popular culture and movies and TV shows I've been consuming lately. Um, have been. I have not been feeling 100%. So with that has come a lot of reality television oh, and things yeah. that require not a lot of thought. So. <laughs> oh, I'm glad we're friends uh, about other things. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, one thing I do want to promote, and I'm not sure if you've seen it yet, but they just released the teaser trailer for Crazy Rich Asians. Um, yes. Yes. That is a good point, Jason. 
I am super excited to both watch the trailer on Monday and to see this film in August. Me too. And I feel like maybe we'll have uh, as someone who's also been to Singapore with me and Hong Kong and mainland China with me. Uh, perhaps we'll do a super special episode after we've seen it. And maybe we'll loop in Dwayne, who lives in Singapore right now. Yes, that would be a great podcast. Who can yes. ac- speak to the accuracy of some of the wild things that happen in that movie. For sure. First book. Uh, one other thing I wanted to run by you um, that I came across on my Netflix feed was this short web series called Drama World. Have you seen this? I haven't. It is this college student in America named Claire that um, suffers some sort of accident. And so context contextually, she's obsessed with uh, Korean dramas. Um, and so she suffers some sort of accident that she imagines or she really is in the world of the, her favorite K-drama. Um, and it's a co-production with actual Korean um, company. So there's a lot of apparently a lot of famous K-pop stars that are in this film, this short series. That sounds fun. So that might be right up your alley. The whole series is only 10 episodes of 10 minutes each, 10 to 20 minutes each. So you could probably power through that in an afternoon. Definitely. Especially in my new um, unemployment status. So I can- <laughs> do plan to move move on to more quality television and movies from what I have been watching lately, um, since I will no longer be stressed out and focused on on work, and I will have time to dedicate all of my brain power to television. Terrific. Cool. Well, uh, I'm going to end this episode. So thank you so much uh, for celebrating uh, May the 4th with me. And uh, yeah, take care with Jen. Thanks, you too. Have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode. You can subscribe and rate this podcast on Apple iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and on our host, Anchor FM. Music used for this podcast includes Live Wire by Steve Combs, With a Whimper by Josh Woodward, and Olivia by Heisen. You can email us at halfthefunpodcast at gmail.com and send us voicemails through the Anchor FM app. You can check out more photos and commentary about this episode on our website, halfthefun.fun. That's halfthefun.fun. And like us on Facebook. Want to be on the show? Drop us a line. See you next week.